This is the Jeff Daly Show. I'm Jeff. My friends call me Hefe. This is episode six, and episode six is titled Everything That Rises Must Converge. And for this episode, I'll be covering NBA All-Star Kyrie Irving. I'll be discussing Governor of Florida Ron DeSantis and the latest internet debate. Who's had a greater impact on hip-hop, Eminem or Jay-Z? We'll talk about all of that. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your time and your attention. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. NBA All-Star Kyrie Irving has been traded from the Brooklyn Nets to the Dallas Mavericks. This past week, first week of February, Kyrie Irving demanded a trade. It's been reported that he was in negotiation talks with the Brooklyn Nets. He was seeking a max deal, and there was a stipulation put into the contract, which he was insulted by and demanded a trade because of it. The stipulation is alleged to be a championship. And that championship may or may not have guaranteed his final year, the final year of his contract. And because of that stipulation, he rejected the deal and immediately demanded a trade. He doubled down and said, through you know his his representatives that even if the Nets were to to rescind the stipulation, he would still not renew his contract or sign again with the Brooklyn Nets, and that when he became a free agent, he would leave. A couple of days after that, he was traded to the Dallas Mavericks, playing alongside Luka Doncic. Now there was there was you know rumors that he would he wanted to play in the at he wanted to play with the Los Angeles Lakers excuse me alongside LeBron James and there were also talks of the Miami Heat as well well Josai taking a page out of the Utah Jazz decided to send him someplace where he least likely wanted to go you remember the Utah Jazz had Donovan Mitchell, and Donovan, Min- Do- Donovan Mitchell has ties to New York, and you know he was he wanted to come play for the New York Knicks, and because of you know his issues with the Utah Jazz, they also sent him to, to Cleveland. You know they, they they wanted the Knicks to really gut. Their, their franchise in order to get Donovan Mitchell and you know the office brasses refused to do it ultimately he went to he went to the Cavaliers and it's the same with with you know uh, the Nets he wanted to be reunited with with LeBron and that likely would have would have helped the Lakers you know improve drastically and they may have won a championship because of that and Josiah wasn't going to give him that so he sent them to Dallas. Now, there's a lot to, to unpack here. Kyrie is a controversial figure. 
you know, he's gotten himself to that level. And for those of you that, that have been following his career, and if you haven't, let's catch you up to speed. You know, he was drafted by the Cleveland Cavaliers. LeBron James ultimately returned to Cleveland to play alongside Kyrie. And they won a championship together. After winning the championship, Kyrie decided he wanted to go play for the Boston Celtics. He said he, he didn't want to be Robin to LeBron's Batman. He wanted to be his own man. And he went on to play for the Boston Celtics. In an interview, he said that he did not inform LeBron that he was leaving. He didn't, he didn't feel the need to. And he just, you know, he just left and he moved on. Ultimately, things did not work out in Boston. There was a famous incident when he was playing for the Brooklyn Nets and he returned to Boston and he, he smudged his feet on the logo, the Boston Celtics logo at center court. And that raised some eyebrows. You know, he, he accused the fans of being racist. Now, that was just one of the controversies. Of course, in the past few years, he, he refused to take the vaccine. He had the scandal with the Jewish community. Uh, he's he's me mentioned, you know, the earth is flat a few years back. So Kyrie has been controversial for a very long time. This is nothing new. The irony, though, of him wanting to, to play alongside LeBron was he had the opportunity and he was the one that ultimately decided he didn't want to do that anymore. And after things you know, ultimately it didn't work out in Boston and, and, and New York. He was trying to get back together with LeBron to make things happen. And he didn't get his way. I like Kyrie Irving. I'm giving you my take. I like Kyrie. I don't think he's, he's a bad person. I think he's, he's pretty smart. He seems to be, you know, an intellectual. He, he shows himself to be, you know, an intellectual. But he does do a lot of dumb things. A lot. You know, he may be, you know, spiritual and intellectual, but he's a terrible businessman. Terrible. I didn't take the vaccine. And I stood my ground. I, I took the, the losses that came with it. And when Kyrie, you know, said that, I, I respected him. You know, when he said he wasn't taking the vaccine, I, I respected that. But had I been in his position, I would have taken the vaccine. Had I been on a basketball team that had the potential of winning a championship, had I been playing alongside Kevin Durant and James Harden, I would have taken the vaccine. Had I had a Nike deal worth millions, I would have taken the deal. You know, I would have taken the vaccine. I didn't take it because my, my refusal impacted no one but myself. I wasn't going to lose millions. I wasn't going to disappoint fans. The only person that I could possibly be hurt in not taking the vaccine was myself. So I stand on mine. Had I been in his position, I would have made a different choice. 
and that, that's why I think uh, Kyrie, you know, is a bad businessman. Because if he were to take the vaccine and had played, he would have given New York a championship. Something that the Knicks had never done. Haven't done in years, excuse me. Not in my time. He would have given life to the Brooklyn Nets. The Nets would have been ahead of the the Knicks in, in the battle for New York supremacy. He would have done a lot for Kevin Durant, who ultimately won two championships with the Golden State Warriors and left. You know, and he's been criticized for that. And and people have said that, you know, he's not he's not the bus driver. He's just a passenger. He just went to Golden State to win alongside winners. You know, no different than what LeBron did when he got his his first two rings in Miami. You know, he played alongside Dwayne Wade, who, you know, already had a championship team and he just added to it. Had the Brooklyn Nets won with the team that they, that they constructed, that would have taken you know that away from from Kevin Durant. He still has to live with that. Would have done wonders for James Harden, who, while he he's had some great years, never got the ring. Kyrie's refusal and the team's inability to to navigate that ultimately, you know really destroyed a team that had a lot of potential. They went from 100 to zero in just a couple of seasons. Kyrie also had, had a that scandal late last year with the Jewish community over a documentary that he tweeted out. And, you know, they pounced on him. They wanted him to apologize. I mean, they put a lot of pressure on him. That controversy prevented the Nets from hiring Ime Udoka, Udoka, Nia Long's former fiance boyfriend who cheated on her and got fired or uh, got fired from the, got suspended from the Boston Celtics. It would have done wonders. He would have come over. He's a great coach, you know, but because of Kyrie's scandal, that was unable to happen. While the efforts that Kyrie made you know, would work for, you know, a, a young black man who is curious and, you know, independent of mind. While it would have worked for him, an NBA star with endorsements, popularity, thousands of fans, it's not the best decision. Leaving LeBron to go to Boston and then accusing the team of being racist, not the best decision. Not too many people get to play alongside King James. Poor decision on his part. Now, this is not bashing. I'm just, I'm just telling you what it is. Kyrie is, is, is a great talent, but he, he, you know, he's made a lot of poor decisions. How do things? How do I think things will work out in Dallas? I fear for Luka Doncic because Luka Doncic is a great talent and he's doing wonderful things in Dallas. But Kyrie is a time bomb ticking. 
if he can use all that negative energy and take himself to the next level, rise above all of the nonsense, enter that black mama mentality like Kobe, it'll do wonders for Dallas. It'll dominate the league. You know, as Golden State is struggling, as the Los Angeles Lakers are, you know, struggling, as the Clippers are struggling. He can give as the Memphis Grizzlies are struggling ever since that Shannon Sharp incident. He can give them life. But he would have to step it up a bit. He would really have to go into Mamba mentality. And I see Mamba mentality because he was close with Kobe or they were friends. They had a relationship, you know, at least a mentor mentee type relationship. And I'm sure there's a lot of information that he acquired from Kobe. And if you if you were able to tap into that and play as like he was playing in that first month of 2023, he can do wonders. He can humble a lot of people. That's what I would hope. I don't know. I don't know how well he'll mesh with Jason Kidd as coach in Dallas. I don't know how well he'll play with, with Luka Doncic. It's Luka's team. He's playing second fiddle to Luka Doncic. You know, a lot of that stuff is not going to fly. Not with Jason Kidd. Jason Kidd is a Hall of Famer. Jason Kidd is a former All-Star. Jason Kidd has done wonders for teams that he's been on. A lot of that's not going to fly. He's going to have to make changes and get real serious about his game. It has to be all basketball going forward with Kyrie in order for this for this thing to be successful. If he thinks he's gonna he's if it's gonna be just regular old Kyrie, it's not gonna work. It's really not. He has to take it up a notch. Take it to the next level and actually be a professional. The future of his family is on the line. You know, they say most NBA players go broke after they retire. Well, he has to do to do a lot to secure his future. His Nike deal wasn't renewed, so he doesn't have a sneaker contract. Jordan is not going to pick him up because Jordan is with Nike. Adidas is not going to pick him up because they just had to deal with Kanye. Under Armour, I don't know, but he doesn't have a sneaker deal. And and if he thinks he's going to partner up with, you know, black-owned sneaker company. Well, he'll 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 you know make them some money, but he won't he won't really do much to secure his future. You know, that's that's building something from the ground up, and a person with his reputation, it, it, it'll be a bit more challenging. So there's a lot ahead for Kyrie. There's a lot ahead for him. It'll make a great story if he's able to, to, you know, change everyone's mind. Only time will tell. Share your thoughts with me. Jeff at JDNewsUSA.com. You can email me directly, Jeff at JDNewsUSA.com. Share me your, tell me your thoughts on this Kyrie situation. Or you can write in the comment post, what do you think is going to happen with this with this move from, from New York to Dallas? This is the Jeff Daly Show. I'm Jeff. My friends call me F.A. This is the Jeff Daly Show. I'm Jeff. My friends call me Hefe. You know, uh, I'm really in a bind over this story. I've spoken on Governor Ron DeSantis in the past. I like him. You know, 
he's shown himself to be very competent. He's shown himself to be a great leader. He's done a wonderful job in Florida. You know, when, when America, when liberals were pushing Andrew Cuomo as America's governor, he just worked. Andrew Cuomo re- resided in disgrace, and Governor Ron DeSantis, you know, had people leaving, fleeing New York for Florida. He's an exceptional leader, presidential, beautiful family, amazing on paper, living up to the hype. But I'm in a bind, you know. I'm a New Yorker, liberal New York. You know, they're starting to talk bad about him. They're, they're, they're gonna, they're, they're naming him Trump 2.0. And as soon as, and this recent story about uh, AP African American history is gonna turn a, a, a number of black people against him, and they're gonna start, you know, calling him racist. Then I'm, I'm gonna have to, you know, I'm gonna have to, you know, dumb myself down a bit and, 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 and pretend I don't like him. Because the wolves are gonna come out. He's bad, he's evil. So I'm in a bind over this Ron DeSantis story. But truth is truth, I think he's an exceptional leader. Numbers don't lie, results don't lie. You know, but you know black folks. Black folks went, are gonna are gonna side with the white liberals and they're gonna they're gonna make him out to be this evil man, which he's not. Either way, he's winning. He scored another victory. He rejected the initial um, curriculum for an AP African American history course. He said it was it had an agenda, and part of the agenda was to get white white kids to hate themselves. Well, that curriculum has been modified, and a lot of things have been have been removed, and uh, watered down in a sense to meet the liking of of Ron DeSantis. Based off of my studies of black history, I'm not against the move. You know, my, my black studies courses were on Malcolm X. You know, I was learning about Dessalines, Frederick Douglass, I was learning about the Haitian Revolution, you know, independent studies, and of course, in the classroom as well. You know, I, I took a few black history courses in college, a couple, but I did a lot of studies of my own, you know, from from my youth, and I'm proud about that. So, not, but none of my studies involved protests, marching, complaints, none of the things that are a part of this curriculum. Topics like movement for black lives, scholars associated with critical race theory and the black queer experience. I know of, of uh, African-American men that, that happen to be gay, like Jimmy Baldwin. Sonny's Blues is actually one of my favorite short stories. So I, I know of that. But I, I never had to sit in a classroom and, and, and hear about, you know, everyday issues. 
It's more historical, more empowering, more inspiring. And the people that taught the courses were scholars, legends in their field. People that, you know, one in particular had had, had to be denounced by a, a certain uh, Democrat in order to secure his position. I'll talk about that later. I'm not hyping up my my black studies uh, history, but I, I did learn from, from you know great men. So when I see what's presented here, uh, I'm a little wary. I think Ron DeSantis did the right thing. I do think there is an agenda at hand, and it's it's to uh, educate people on black men dying at the hands of law enforcement, uplifting the the black queer community, and getting people in the mindset of protesting and marching and being angry all the time, while never making any money from it. It's raising a bunch of broke people. And that's wrong. I didn't see anything about black entrepreneurship. I didn't see nothing about black inventors. The black arts, African-American arts and African-American arts influence on European arts. Nothing like that. So because of that, I, I don't take you know that that um, course in Florida seriously. I do think there was an agenda behind it. Naturally, folks are going to come out and you know they're going to say what they're going to say about Ron DeSantis. But I said, I said what I said. He he made the right decision. You know. The only thing I fear is, am I going to have to pretend to not like Ron DeSantis? You know. Do I have to do I have to take the stance, a similar stance as, as, as I pretend to do about Donald Trump so black people will like me? It's on my mind. It's really something I have to I have to deal with. Do I have to pretend to not like Ron DeSantis like I do Donald Trump? Just so black people will like me? Or can I can I say the truth as it is and get people to see uh, my point? I want this to be clear, and this has been something that's been consistent over the past few years. Stop showcasing black men as victims to 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 uh, police killings and brutality. That's not all we are. We don't just die. We are not here for you to march and protest while raking millions from, from the likes of George Soros and, and people associated with him. Please, put an end to that. I'm tired of the protests. I'm tired of the marches. and the, It's utter nonsense. No disrespect to, 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 to the, you know, the leaders. But seriously. Seriously. I, I'm tired of it. And because of that, I think Ron DeSantis is making the right choice. Stop stop molding minds to, to be angry and getting resist this and resist that. Be angry about this. 
Because when your mind is, is, is formulated that way, you actually do nothing else but resist. Trust me, I see it. You know, you got people that are always in protest mode. You say sky is blue, they're going to say, it's not blue, sky is racist. What are you talking about? You said the sky is blue. You can't agree on anything? That's, that's, that's something that's happening in the black and that's the last thing black youth need is to resist everything. And to always want, the white folks owe me this, white folks owe me that. We built this for free. You get into the mindset as if black people are the only people that, that exist in this country, that there are no other communities. That's wrong. Not for it. And then, of course, you, they grow up to, to have all these contradictions and, and hypocrisy amongst them and can't see it. Empower the youth. If you have black children, get them library cards. Take them to museums. Learn your history and your culture, not just the, the, the police killings, not just the protests. Get them to see that there are things that are happening in the black community that are causing this issue between law enforcement. It's not cops just waking up and saying, we're, we're going to hurt black people. Stop deviating from the law. Stop getting attention from law enforcement. Because there, there are people that grow up in black neighborhoods and they know exactly what to do to not get into trouble with the gangs, to not get on the gang's radar. They know, don't wear this color when you're going into that neighborhood. They know, don't go on this block. On the, they, there are all these things that people know on how to, to, to protect themselves from certain people in their neighborhood. And you mean to tell me you can't take those same precautions when dealing with law enforcement? We already know some of them have quotas that they have to meet. They have to have a certain amount of arrests, a certain amount of stops. We know this already. So why put yourselves in that position? We know Tupac said years ago, rest in peace, Tupac, that the cops are the biggest gang. I mean, these things have been said already. By now, you know, folks need to know how to, how to carry themselves. We don't need courses on, on how to protest and how to march. You just, you just got to adjust and, and move correctly. I'll say it again, Ron DeSantis did the right thing. You should be in no position to grow, have your kids growing up and hating white folks or hating other races and teach black entrepreneurship. They'll grow up and have businesses as opposed to going to looking, growing up and seeing that their community is run by everyone but black people. Asian, Asian hair, hair salons or hair stores Bodegas are run by by Hispanics. Food sold by Chinese, Arabs in, in the bodegas or the delis. And black people own nothing. Teach them entrepreneurship. How to run a business. Highlight black businessmen, black businesswomen. That's what you should be learning about. Not about their struggles of slavery and 
That's enough. Stop oppressing these kids. Share your thoughts with me. What do you think? I, I, like I'll, I'll say I don't hate Ron DeSantis. Black people, leave me alone. Don't start that with me. Don't, don't, don't push that nonsense. Oh, Ron DeSantis is racist. You don't believe he's racist? No, I don't. I see, I see how things are happening. You're not, you're not, you're not going to push me in that direction. White liberals, stay away. Stay away. I'm telling you now. Share your thoughts with me. You can email me directly, Jeff at JDNewsUSA.com. That's Jeff at JDNewsUSA.com, or you can comment in the post. This is the Jeff Lee Show. I'm Jeff. My friends call me Hefe. This is the Jeff Lee Show. I'm Jeff. My friends call me Hefe. The latest debate uh, in the hip hop world is centered on who's had a greater impact on the hip hop, Eminem or Jay Z? You know, I recently saw a video clip circulating online of Don Cannon, you know, associate partner of DJ Drama of the Gangster Guild, excuse me, Gangster Grills series, and he he gave his take and said that Eminem has has had a greater impact. He's seen Eminem's music played in far more countries than Jay Z, and of course, online people are have, having their debates. I'll say this. I have purchased music by Eminem and Jay-Z. I've I'm a fan of both. They they've inspired many parts of my lives. From junior high to high school to college, I listen to Eminem and Jay-Z. It's the truth. I've seen them evolve as artists. I think they've brought in more people into the music scene. And they've done a lot for the culture. Eminem pretty much gave Dr. Dre his third win after his fallout with NWA, Death Row. He starts Aftermath. After being burned by his own people, he starts Aftermath with the support of a Jimmy Iovine. They sign Eminem, and he puts out another classic album, 2001, and makes Eminem one of the biggest stars. Dr. Dre is a legend now because of his discovery of Eminem. Eminem pays it forward and gives us 50 Cent. Who put out two diamond albums and ultimately preserved the, the legacy of Eminem and Dr. Dre. Jay-Z, on the other hand, after being rejected by every label you can imagine, starts his own label with his with his friends Damon Dash and Kareem Biggs Burke. They put out Reasonable Doubt. It becomes a classic album. Rockefeller record, Records goes on to have artists like Memphis, Bleak, Beanie Siegel, Young Guns, 
State Property, Chris and Neef, Emil, they go on to revive the career of Cameron, who forms the Diplomats. They go on to, to sign Kanye West, who was a billionaire for, for a while. And Jay-Z helps New York overcome the, the loss of Biggie. One man who heard many no's turned those no's into, into a multi-billion dollar enterprise. And educated his fellow artists along the way. Put out classic albums, classic tours, married the hottest woman in the game, Beyonce. I mean, the contributions of these artists are legendary. They even work together. You know, Eminem was on Jay-Z's Blueprint album. And was on the record Renegade. Amazing record. They're currently partnered up with working with Griselda, the Griselda Records with uh, Benny the Butcher and, and West Side Gun and Kanye the Machine. I've spoken about them in the past in regards to, to West Side Gun. They even uh, had a you know short tour where they performed at Yankee Stadium together. I mean. The two are just legendary artists. There's no need to, to pit them against each other because their music is not the same. You know, one of Jay-Z's least favorite records is Sunshine off of Volume 1. It was bright and it had a fish-eyed lens. But if you've seen videos like The Real Slim Shady or My Name Is, you can see that Eminem would have had no problem with a video that looked like sunshine. He's animated. He's lyrical. He has great knowledge of hip-hop history. While Jay-Z was, was um, the obvious successor to Biggie Smalls, you have Eminem who gives props to the likes of Redman and Tretch from Tribe Called Quest. Excuse me. Tretch from Naughty by Nature. You know, he celebrates them. He's given us uh, D12 and this group of, you know, black artists who are, you know, unconventional in their thoughts and in their words and in their raps. He's, he's been able to make white kids who don't grow up in, in the ghetto, in the hood, and, and who have never sold drugs or, or they can't tell a brick from a bike. And they've gotten to, to appreciate rap music. Because of Eminem. Jay-Z has been able to speak to, to folks from the underworld. You know. And show them that you can leave the streets behind. And make your money in music. Whether on the mic or behind the scenes. Like Dame Dash did. If they won't hire you. If they won't sign you. Do it yourself. I mean. There's no comparison. There's, you really have to respect the success of these two. 
you know, I've seen people criticize Eminem and say that, well, he's he doesn't talk about anything anymore. Well, he's also been sober for a few years now. He's not under the influence of, of drugs and alcohol. He sobered up. You know, he, he worked to save his life. And his content matured. Jay-Z as well. Jay-Z's not making records like Money Cash Hoes and Big Pimpin' anymore. You know, his last his last album was really about his 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 growth and his relationship with his wife and saving his, his marriage and family. He's acknowledged, you know, going to, to therapy to, to, to save his marriage. He's he's been called out by Kanye West and, so, and he responded and said, "Well, I'm saving my marriage. If if me and my wife are beefing, I'm fixing that. I'm not going to other places. I'm fixing my family life first. Just some, just you know, grown man stuff. He, he was able to say what very few people can say when they're called out. He said, if you want the old hove, buy my old ho- albums. You know, people always want you to stay the same. And he says, well, why work that hard to stay the same? He was able to give people a response. You know, people that want to grow and evolve, he's, he's giving them the response for when they're criticized. And trust me, I can relate to that as someone who, who's become vegan, gotten back into the church, become a conservative. I mean, all of the changes that I've made in my life, I, I, I face criticism because of it. And it's like, well, you want me to, to have that same mentality? I'm not that person anymore. I've learned different things. I've had different experiences. I see the world in an entirely different way. And, you know, thanks to the likes of a, of a Hove, I can say that, you know, you want the old Jeff, you know, check out my, you know, reflect on my old life. You know, Eminem becoming sober is is great for for people that don't want to party anymore, and, and you know they want to live a you know quiet life. You've seen their growth as artists, and they're still around. They put out music; people still want to listen to them. That's amazing. That's respect, you know, respectable. So I don't have a take on who who's better, who's had a greater impact. You know, I've I've had my travels, and I've. You know, but I've seen their influence and I think they're both great, you know, so that, that's where I stand on it. I'll wrap up with this. You know, the name of this episode is Everything That Rises Must Converge. You know, that comes from a short story by Flannery O'Connor. And the fact that it's Black History Month, I encourage people to, to read it. But that title comes from uh, a Jesuit priest who, who wrote the Omega Point. And it's really, it really focuses on ascension. And as you ascend, as you reach these different levels, you're united to all of the other people that have made that ascension as well. As you're rising to the top, you meet others that have rise to the top. And the beauty of that is when you, when you reach that high point, all of the things that people debate and talk about and fight over, none of that matters. If you debate about religion all the time, if you ascend, you only ascend with the people that are faithful, 
believers, people that are united with God. If it's politics and serving your community, you're only united with those that are faithful to their community. If it's about money, when you reach that high point, you're around the people that really made money, that really learned business. Keep rising to the top. And once you get there, you don't have to debate because it's all love. The only people that can make it to that point are the people that have stayed the course and made the effort to, to ascend. Share your thoughts with me, Jeff at JDNewsUSA.com. That's Jeff at JDNewsUSA.com. Share your thoughts with me on this episode. Let me know what you think. Thank you for listening. This has been the Jeff Delee Show. I'm Jeff. My friends call me Hefe. Next time.